0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast on a Wednesday evening, uh, which feels like a Friday because it's the Jubilee weekend in, in England, so we, everyone's got a long weekend. We don't usually get long weekends which start on a Thursday um, for anyone outside the UK, so this is very weird. I know that some places in, in, um, in, in Europe and Asia have, have bank holidays on a Thursday, but this is a completely random thing for us so um yeah like it's it's still it's kind of taken me by surprise i think it's taken quite a lot of people by surprise um as well uh aaron how do you feel going into this
1: four-day jubilee weekend yeah i'm also very confused um yeah i don't know what to do i feel like yeah should i go on holiday somewhere but all the airports (laughs) are buggered so we can't we're stuck we're stuck on this island um and yeah even at work today it it was just weird it felt like christmas eve you know when like you're about to go on a long holiday and you're about to embark on this period where no one really knows what day of the week it is anymore um yeah i definitely got weird christmas eve vibes
0: yeah that's exactly what it is because it's also a bit strange because there was memorial day in the u.s on monday as well right so i don't know if anyone works in you know any sort of international businesses but yeah, so all the US crowd are off on Monday, the UK crowd are off on Thursday and Friday. It's basically a write-off week. So,
1: yeah, I think a lot yeah. of Europe have Monday off as well, next Monday. So it's, it's just like an international time of not doing any work. Get ready yeah. for the summer yeah. and just don't do any work.
0: And we're also, um, we're, we're trying something new today. So we, we're trying some new software. So this is new for Aaron and, and myself. This is quite exciting for us. Seeing ourselves yeah. in a different way than we would normally on Zoom. We're using a, a product called Riverside. Um, it's the first ever, so if you're listening to this, congratulations. It's the first ever Arsaholics recording on Riverside. So I mean Let's hope we get soon. let's hope it doesn't crash. <laughs> we get yeah.
1: there
0: first. Yeah, so there's every chance that we record a full episode and it doesn't record properly and this never gets released and this is a complete waste of time and don't even know why I'm saying this because no one will ever hear it in that case. But um yeah anyway we will uh, we'll hope for the best we'll hope for the best it looks good so far at least uh, uh on, on the face of it but um you know we're a few weeks now since the end of the season dust has sort of settled people are now the international break is is, is starting where well, it started uh england have named their squad scotland have just played ukraine in the in the world cup qualifier ukraine have just knocked scotland out so it's all kind of happening like the premier league season's Done. the champions league final is done and 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 you know we're now all we're now all sort of looking forward i feel like it's it's not the time that people want to open up wounds and sad bad feeling from how last season ended but at the same time it's also a time to reflect in a maybe forward looking way and that's what we're going to try and do a bit today so it might be a case that over a few episodes we 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 jump into talking about the squad uh, in 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 sort of a holistic way and covering all the positions. But today we thought that we would talk about strikers, and we would just reflect on how our strikers have done this season and what we think we need to do to do with them and and where we need to go this summer into next season. And um, we we. Uh, we didn't really plan this because uh, we, we weren't really sure if this Riverside experiment was going to work, but we just thought, screw it. So apologies if it doesn't sound like the most planned episode, but hey, look, maybe you're in for a ride. Aaron, are you looking forward to talking about Strikers?
1: I am. I am. I, because this has been a bugbear for me for a long time, which was, and we've we've talked about this on the pod before, which is how we've handled our striker situation in January and I think we both kind of agreed that the conclusion was we essentially didn't go for any sort of striker in January because we thought doing so would damage the long-term plan of what we could do this summer and the type of striker that we could get now versus the type of striker that we could get in January. Now, whether you know, whether or not that was the right decision will kind of depend on what happens this summer with who we get in. Um, so the club have kind of put a lot of pressure on themselves to get this right this summer with one striker, two strikers, three strikers, I don't know. But it's clear that our play last season was massively lacking and we suffered big time because we didn't have a goal scorer and we didn't have you know, there there were times where you know the strikers that we had just didn't deliver throughout the course of the season. And we're talking Aubameyang, Lacazette, and then to a certain extent, Eddie Nketiah. So I'm excited because, you know, strikers are exciting when they come in. You know, they get goals, hopefully. Um, and we've had a, we've had like a
0: back-to-front revolution uh, under Arteta, hasn't it? It's kind of been start from, from getting defenders in and then slightly move to more progressive areas. And this is the summer where striker will be addressed allegedly, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Arteta re- hasn't really signed that many attacking players since he since he's joined and he signed Erdegaard. but apart from that it's been we we're still a little bit in the dark over what kind of attacker Arteta actually really wants to from the transfer market and I'm sure we'll cover this shortly but it's and we probably need a couple you know be that up front or across the front three we need some additions to reinforce some of the great young talent that we have and some of the talent that will probably be leaving in the summer as well. So yeah, I'm super excited because it's, it's a chance to really define where we go under this regime and under this project. And, you know, it's so, so important that we get it right. A couple of things I just wanted to pull you up on, on what you said. So
0: how much, so we, we've talked various times during, particularly towards the back end of the season when things weren't going so well, we talked about this strategy in January, which you know, which was kind of all or nothing almost in some ways, and saying kind of, yeah, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna go for any any short term fixes, any kind of second, third choice in the transfer market strikers. We wanna go for our number one choices and, and that and we're gonna die on that sword. And if we don't finish in the top four, it's okay. We do, we've covered that in plenty of times. The one that was you know pu- the public pursuit that was covered in the media was Vlavic and that just backed up everyone's theory about this right that clearly you know we- we've gone in for Vlahovic he's a big big kind of big price tag so clearly he's someone that the club you know the club are willing to spend money on a striker that was what that uh, that showed evidence of and then there was no aside from Vlahovic there was no one else linked there was no other stories that came out so it led all of us to this conclusion right that Right, it's all or nothing. We either want the very best or or it's nothing and we will wait for the very best. How, how much though, mate, do you think that that's just a case that that was all that came out in the media and maybe there are other things? And I, I say that because I don't know if you saw this, but today there was an interview, there was there was extracts from an interview from a striker called Noah Lang, who I personally had never actually heard of. Um, but apparently he's he's Dutch, he plays for Club Bruges, he's 22 years old, he's meant to be uh, a, a decent player. And there were quotes from him basically saying that Arsenal came in for him on deadline day in January, and it, it, and eventually it, it didn't work out because Club Rouge didn't want to sell or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's just say if that is true, that sort of puts in the bin some of the theories that we had, which was it was all or bust, and that gives some kind of evidence, surely, or some kind of suggestion that there was a little bit of a, bit of indecision or scrap or you know willingness to to, to go out and maybe get a second, third choice, kind of centre
1: forward, if you know what I mean. I mean, we don't, we'll never really know either way, right? But I think at the very least, I'm almost certain that the club would have considered another option, right? It's not like they had, okay, we're going to go for Vlaovic, and if it doesn't work, we're literally not going to sign anyone. They probably have like a bunch of names and they, work through them to say okay who's available what kind of wages would he come in on will the club sell what kind of range and then as it progresses they will kind of finalize and say well actually are we really interested at this right at this rate so i think it's a case of like either they didn't want yeah they they only wanted the best and they, they couldn't get the best then and maybe like they thought actually that the kind of second or third tier names that we might need to come in as a number two or number three striker just weren't worth the money at the time. It's interesting because there was an interview with Matt Turner, the new number two goalkeeper that we've signed. Mm. And he described his story about how he was linked with Arsenal. And initially he said his agent came to him and said, look, there's an outside chance that Arsenal might be interested in you. You're one of like, I think he said eight or nine names that they're considering. Um, and they just thought okay it's, it's very very unlikely and then over time that got firmed up so I assume we're probably doing that with every position like we have a list of names and list of players that we are considering and we're putting the feelers out seeing who will come who won't come who's possibly interested what are the wages who'd be willing to sell and you know, we are at this point now finalizing those names and trying to get those deals over the line. And it sounds like Gabriel Jesus is one of those names. Um, I'm sure there are a bunch of others. We've seen Calvert Lewin linked. We've seen um, who else have we've been linked with. Well, I don't know actually.
0: But, yeah, um, we, like um, Tammy Abraham, Assemian. Yeah, in the past, yeah, Assemian. Yeah, all those, those are the people who allegedly we, you know, we, we're looking at in this window. Before we we talk about the type of striker that we want to sign, should we reflect a little bit on the people who are still at the club? And let's take about uh, Aubameyang out of this equation. You know, he left in January. It's mm-hmm. it's on a it's on a loan, I believe, right? But ultimately, would there's an understanding that the contract expires now? It, so, so, something like this. But at the end of the day, he's not our, he's basically not a player anymore, right? Yeah. Um. So let's not even bother but what we have in the squad right now are, are two center forwards who are the, who, whose contracts are expiring and and a young center forward who's been on on loan at Middlesbrough so we've got uh, Alex Lacazette we've got Eddie Nketiah and uh, we've got Florian Balogun who you know was at Middlesbrough and, and you know and now the loan's finished fine there are other uh, more junior strikers but maybe we just talk about those guys because those are the only guys who only other strikers who played minutes for us at, at, at any point last season. Let's also perhaps, well, I'm not saying necessarily exclude, but you know, we, we treat Martinelli, I think, as a as a wide player at the moment. You know, he's not someone who, yeah. So, so let, let's talk about that, Aaron. So Lacazette and Eddie's their their contracts are, you know, allegedly up. What well, allegedly up? Their contracts are up this summer. There was talk about Eddie. Uh, being offered a new deal, and, and and seemingly he actually might sign this deal. Before we go to Eddie, let's go with the senior striker Alex Lacazette, who it seems like at this point there is no rumor, there's no stories going around that he's going to sign a new deal. It looks like he it looks like he, he's done and he's off and he's going to go on a free somewhere. H- how do you feel about that? Do you do you feel
1: okay with Lacazette leaving, or would you rather he he stayed at the club? No, very. I think it's it's unquestionable. Where you stay, should he stay? I don't think he should stay. Um, I I think the bigger mistake that we made was not letting him go last season, if I'm being honest. I know there was talk and there were rumours where he was linked with Atletico last season, I believe. And I think if we had managed to get some, get him out last summer, it might have meant the striker situation would have played very differently that summer or even in 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 January because obviously he's on high wages but no so just to
0: clarify are you saying that you think if we had sold him in the summer let's just say even if you got I don't know let's just, let's just call it for argument's sake 15 to 20 million pounds let's just for argument's sake yeah. let's call it that much yeah um do, do you think that you would have seen a, you, you do you think that
1: we would have gone for a good striker last summer not not necessarily, but I think our striker department would have been far more equipped to deal with the the Aubameyang departure when it happened. I think, yes. what, so you what think happens, that we
0: would have signed someone, are you saying?
1: I think we probably them? would have signed someone oh, right, in okay. in last summer. If not, we would have almost certainly had to, or been forced to sign someone in January. Right. Because I think what, the way we kind of let it play out is that we've got Aubameyang and Lacazette and at the time... Most of us would have said that's probably enough. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're two decent enough strikers. Yeah, you are relying on them to come good, but you kind of hope that they deliver. And what actually happened was Abamian couldn't deliver for a variety of reasons. Then we thought, okay, well, we've got Lacazette and if needed, Eddie and Ketia. Let's see if they will deliver. And ultimately, Lacazette just didn't deliver in terms of goals. And yeah, he contributed in, in other parts of the pitch for for periods and that's cool. But ultimately, you know, this guy's come in for 50 million pounds. And I think when you look at it, if you're being, you know, kind of brutally honest, I think he's been a massive disappointment. Yeah. So say if we split that up a little bit, because
0: I agree that if you look at Lacazette through the time that he's been at Arsenal, the fact that he was signed for 50 million as our number nine Effectively, someone who we thought that we had Olivier Giroud, and for all of Giroud's qualities, he he wasn't someone who was scoring twenty plus goals a season. So Lacazette was signed to be that guy. Let's make no mm-hmm. two ways about it. That was the purpose of his signing to score goals, to be you know to 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 challenge for the golden boot and all that kind of stuff. And then we got we got Aubameyang in after that, which was which you know in in theory was great you know as well. But you know Lacazette pre Aubameyang, post Aubameyang never ever scored 20, 20 league goals in a season for Arsenal, mm-hmm. which for me was, is not what... You, if you pay £50 million pounds for a centre-forward, that, that's what you, what you want you want that. That's what you, you aim for and he's never done that. So I completely agree with, with that element of it. Do you need to chop that up a little bit and sort of say, okay, look, that's one thing. whether Whether he was worth that money and whether he's overall sort of disappointed in the goal-scoring kind of department is one thing. The season that's just gone let's just say if, even if we had sold him Obamiang probably would have maintained his position as first choice striker at the beginning of the season yeah mm-hmm. through being club captain and all that kind of stuff and then when it became sort of clear that it wasn't really happening for him and then when ultimately the you know the the, the big thing happened the big disciplinary issue happened and we brought lacazette in arteta maybe because of lacazette's qualities maybe not he played Lacazette in a role where ultimately we did start scoring lots more goals mm-hmm. right so is it is it fair to be that harsh on Lacazette this season when arguably when he when he started games when Ober sort of left he was playing in this role which was intended to bring other p- players into the game and actually did increase our goal output lots of wide players were scoring goals goals weren't a problem for a while you mm-hmm. know when he when he
1: started so are we being is it too is it too harsh to judge him that harshly this this season. I think if he had maintained that role from then until the end of the season, I would have said, "Fine, you, you, you know, we found a system to accommodate Lacazette that also gets the best out of everyone else." But ultimately, he wasn't able to maintain that role either, and that could be because other teams found us out and figured out how to to stop him, but. We very quickly had to shift away from that and bring Eddie into the team mm. because just Lacazette wasn't providing that output. And I I think it was a case of not Arteta wanting to play that way. I think he was like, How am I gonna get the best out of these this bunch of players mm-hmm. when I've got Lacazette who can't score goals and I've got for whatever reason he didn't trust Eddie and Ketia at the time. And I think he thought, well, if I bring him deep, I can try and put the emphasis on some of the younger players, the wide players scoring these goals instead. And he he changed to a system. I don't think he would, I don't think that's a preferred way of playing. I could be wrong. Maybe he will sign a striker that does that in the future. But I think that was more a case of like, okay, I've got a striker that doesn't score goals. What can I do to try and score goals in? And he thought, let's try the system where we drop this player deep and see if he can provide more value there because he's not providing any value in the box. And that sort of worked for a while and he did work very hard and he, he had a few games where, you know, there were times where he was man of the match, but ultimately he couldn't even maintain that. And that's, what's disappointing. If he if he'd been able to do that from now until the end of the season, that was what got us, you know, the goals, then, Then fine. I'd even say then there's probably an argument that you keep him on, but he he couldn't do it in the box, and he couldn't consistently do it when he wasn't in the box either. And that's just ultimately not good enough, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I I think it's fair. I think it's certainly. I think for me, the the big the big problem I had for with Laka is, effectively what you were saying towards the end, is that when we needed something different because. When it's working, when he was playing that role and it was working and other players were scoring, that was fine. But ultimately, they were young players and we were, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we couldn't rely on them to be consistent. There are times in matches and games where that's just not working. And then you sort of need senior players to sort of say, "Okay, I've got to pull something out of the bag here. I've got to use my experience. I've got to do something a little bit. It might even be outside of the game plan slightly. But, you know, just dig deep, lead show that even th- if things aren't going our way, that, you know, we can we can turn it around. And that never happened, right? There were, look, there were some games, Wolves at home where he scored at the end. And I, I'm not saying he didn't contribute in any way, but I think when things started going south towards the back end of the season, you needed leadership mm-hmm. and you needed a striker to kind of just, to, to, to give a little bit more and, and, and do something a bit special. And he just he just couldn't do anything do anything at all and so i yeah for, for me i i agree with what you said at the beginning i i i i will always there'll always be a place in my heart for lacquer there's something about him which was quite cult you know a little bit cultish you know he's a little bit mm-hmm. he's got a lot of source he's got a lot of style he scored some of his goals have been good goals against good teams you know he, he put good performances often against very good sides and scored good goals against good sides um but he's one of those guys unfortunately i think he's the scorer of good goals rather than a good goal scorer
1: yeah yeah i think he's just one player where he's just never really found his place in this team mm. um we weren't sure yeah we signed him as a like as the first striker and he he couldn't really make it work then and then we signed to Bamiyang. we weren't sure is he like the second choice striker or is he a second striker in a two is he a number 10 we've we've sort of tried everything with him and he's never really been able to make it work mm. consistently anywhere. And, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing and it's easy to say this now, but I think looking back, he is probably someone we should have cashed in on and been a bit braver with in terms of selling him. Mm. Because, you know, let me ask you this, was there ever a point in the last two, three years where you were convinced that Alex Lacazette was our number one striker and going to be our number one striker for years?
0: No, there there was never that. I think particularly because when Aubameyang came in and Aubameyang was such a prolific goal scorer. Yeah. You know, it was never a case where, you know, it was always a case where I thought if Aubameyang gets injured, we're going to really struggle. I never thought that Lacazette could be be that guy, no. But it was okay when Aubameyang was firing and you had Lacazette. It was actually okay, but it's not when you've got to be the main guy, particularly when... When you sort of about his age now, where there are some players that you think clearly now, you know people like Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic, and th- th- there are other players that are coming into my head right now who who past their thirties, they're still doing it, they're still they're still delivering, they're still keep keeping up that level. I don't see Lacazette being able to to do that. Um, I think he could go to a slower league and be better. I think Lacazette could probably go to Italy and yeah, and do a job. Do not you agree? Right, exactly. Like you know, go back to France, go to Lyon, do well. Not in the Premier League. You could you could go in the Premier League and go to a, a mid-table side and you, and and get your ten goals a season. He could do that, mm-hmm. but that's about it, isn't it? Really? If I think honest. that's
1: my gut feel. I think he, yeah, he could easily go to like you said, France, and probably get fifteen, maybe twenty goals if he finds a system and a manager that is willing to just really build everything around his his deficiencies. Um, but ultimately for a team like us, we need him to make up for other people's deficiencies, you know, um, but yeah. right now, it just feels like we're accommodating him and trying to make it work and we just never could. Agree. So,
0: so we're agreeing to lack, I think there's almost nothing more to say about that. It doesn't look like, there's no rumours that he's going to get a new contract. We're okay with the fact that he's not going to get yeah. a new contract. Uh, he'll go on a free, good luck to him, if he ever turns up at the Emirates for another team, he will get a very good welcome. Absolutely. You know, yeah, of one of, exactly. Never, never been an asshole. Never bitched and moaned when he when he wasn't in the team. Never did. I think that's a big deal. Never heard rubbish out of his mouth. You know, always have a good word to say. But I think you know it's probably time for everyone to amicably amicably shake hands and go. So, and you know, another player that we we probably thought we were going to say similar things about um, a few months ago. And I'm thinking, particularly around games when we were away at Everton, and 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 games when this guy was coming off the bench and not doing anything, and we were like, "What the hell's wrong with this guy? Is his head already, you know, at a different club and all that kind of stuff?" Eddie Nakecha, uh he, he 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 sort of came back in the team as our well, he came he came into the team after Lacazette stopped really offering anything. Eddie started games. Start his first start was against Southampton, I believe and then um and he didn't he, he didn't score uh although we had a shed load of chance that game he didn't score but there was evidence to suggest that actually he was adding a little bit more than Lacazette was and then all of a sudden he starts scoring goals and he and he and he basically I think gets seven goals in in 10 games at at some point um you know over over a stretch of games and he is adding a lot you know, visually and maybe that's just contrast to what we had seen from Laka, but he's 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 not just adding a lot versus what Laka was giving us. He's adding a lot versus what we had seen a bit, uh, off the bench. Mm. So, so the latest rumor is, Aaron, that is that we have offered him a hundred grand a week for five years. He's twenty two years. He's, I think he's just turned twenty three now, um, like like this week. But we we've offered him, you know, a five offered him five year deal, hundred grand a week. Uh, allegedly, he's going to accept. What do you think? What's your how do you feel about that?
1: So honestly, I don't think I've ever like flip flopped on a player as much as I have done with Eddie. <laughs> um, so you know, I think I give him the benefit of the doubt because he's an academy player and he's come through the system. And ultimately, a twenty-three-year-old striker in the Premier League is quite a re- like. It, there aren't many of them. And there aren't many of them that are scoring more goals than he is. Um, because it's very, very hard to come in at that young an age, well, even though 23 isn't that young nowadays, but to come in and play as a striker and get 15, 20 goals. That just doesn't happen, right? So there's that. I think that, that part of me, though, is like, well, what does he? what did he want? Did he want to stay? And was it just about, the money and is that why now he's now considering staying or was it about the fact that he just wasn't playing and now he can see a path to playing um because i i, I think if ultimately though my, my view on this is that giving him a contract we don't lose that much by giving him a new contract mm-hmm. Um because the other alternative is he goes on a free if he goes on a free we get nothing the um, tribunal so, We get, okay, we get a little bit, maybe a little bit, maybe we don't know how much it's going to be, but I assume the club know roughly how much it's going to get, it's going to be. And we've calculated that and thought, actually, if we give him a new contract, there's essentially three outcomes here, right? One is that he continues to do a, a reasonable job, gets goals for us and this team over the next four or five years it's been quoted, and he becomes a success. If that's the case, then it's a fantastic decision to give him a new contract. Um option two is that he doesn't and he continues to kind of just blow hot and cold and actually the last three or four games or the last kind of like two months of the season was just a like a, a almost like a Joe Willock at Newcastle type situation where he kind of just got goals but actually couldn't really deliver that consistently over the next five years and actually we've we've you know we struggle to to you know, we have to replace him ultimately. Um, but I think in that case, we can just sell him. And actually, his sale he'll sell his sale value will probably be quite high because he's still English, he's still young, and I I still think at worst we probably still get 10 million, 15 million for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um because he could still do a job in the bottom half of the Premier League, he could still go abroad and do a decent job. So and the, the third outcome is that you know we can't sell him because he's on too higher wages and he doesn't work out. But I find that option very unlikely. So ultimately, there are out of the three options, the two options we we do okay. We either get a decent fee for him or he does well for Arsenal. And I think the other option is we don't give him a contract and he goes away on a free. We get a little bit of money from a tribunal, but that isn't a, a good outcome for us really because we probably don't get that much money for him. He probably either goes somewhere else and signs a contract, and maybe he does well, maybe he doesn't. But there is a lot more upside to us keeping him than not keeping him. Yeah, the math,
0: the math work, don't they? So, so I think if you're a hundred grand a week for five years, I think it's about twenty-five million or something like this. It's like twenty-six million. Yeah, yeah. So the financial outlay of losing him—let's just say you lose him on a free for argument's sake—it's free to replace him. Yeah. Say with even a good striker, how much is a good, just a good second striker? It's still, it's still going to cost about twenty million, is it? Yeah. Like a good second wages. striker. Yeah. And wages. That's it. Twenty million plus wage. So mathematically, it's a, it completely works. Um. And and I think that you you know I've not heard any compelling argument which suggests that it wouldn't. I think the 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 only argument that says that it wouldn't is that. If it does go to a tribunal, there's actually quite a good chance that Eddie can, Eddie Nakecha could be the record fee paid at a tribunal, because if you look at all the things they've taken into account in histo- historically in tribunals, it is things such as how long they spent in the academy, how they performed at the academy, how many games they played in the first team, how many how many goals they scored in the first team, England kind of youth record, and and also. Is, he a, is this player a player who is important for the team that they are leaving? So on that yep. evidence, he's been starting for us and all that kind of stuff. But isn't or,
1: isn't the tribunal only paid if he goes to another English club? Yes. So there is a risk that he could go to Germany or something. Yeah, and too. we get, I think, a FIFA amount, which is a lot, lot less, right? I
0: completely agree with you. Completely agree. So, so if he went to an English club, I guess the point is there's every chance. I think what Danny Ings went on a tribunal for... Was it 12, 13 million? Or something like that, yeah. And that was a little while ago. So there's every chance that we get 15 million. Let's just call it 15, whatever. If -hmm. that happens, if you get 15 million for him at a tribunal, then what you could probably argue is, okay, fine. So then replacing him and getting another player as a backup striker, you could probably make it net even. But is it worth the risk? So then you're bringing in a, a good striker not a great striker a good striker to be a backup striker who doesn't know your team you don't know if he's going to settle you don't know you know he's going to take time to get used to used to the system so it's it's a risk but whereas now you have got a striker who is 23 he's young he knows the club he gets the club he gets the manager he understands what the manager is trying to do he understands Mm -hmm. the player around him for all those reasons it feels like it now makes sense it perhaps wouldn't make sense to me if he carried on the way that if things were going that the way that they were going before he started games, you know, towards the back end of the season where it looked like when he was coming on, he was disinterested. He wasn't very clinical. He wasn't adding anything. It lo- it just looked like Arteta didn't like him and he wasn't really, mm-hmm. really up for it. And then I get it. Then it's kind of just like, you know what, you, you know, it's it's not going to add any value. But for me, you know, it, to sign a to sign a to sign a contract, it in this manner, uh, it it makes sense. The other thing is right again. Offering him this contract also makes sense for the tribunal reason, right? Like mm-hmm. if it does go to tribunal, they'll say, well, look, Arsenal offered this guy a hundred grand a week. They wanted to keep him, so da da da. But so in so in the assumption, he gets offered this contract though. So that's him. So let's just say he he stay he stays at Arsenal Football Club, and and um, and Lacazette's gone. So that's one striker that remains. Yeah. Balogun, do you think Balogun mm. is ready to come into Arsenal and well, play games is, next season?
1: This is a really interesting thing because just to go back to Eddie, I think the real question isn't not should he stay or should he go or should we give him a new contract. It's what is his role going to be in the team next season? Yeah, good question. And. Uh, depending on how you feel about that is then you then can kind of answer, well, how do you feel about Balogun? Because when we signed Balogun on a new contract, the assumption was we chose Balogun over Eddie. Yeah. That was the assumption. Right. Because we thought Eddie's not going to sign a new contract or he, we're not going to potentially give him a new contract or whatever the case was. It was inconceivable
0: at that time, wasn't it? That
1: Ober and Laka would be out
0: in within 12 months.
1: That too. yeah. Yeah. And, um, at that point, the, the dynamics of how we kind of gave Balogun the contract was probably a bit different. I wouldn't be surprised if he thought, well, actually, Eddie is going this year, Lacazette is potentially going, because that was probably quite clear. Mm. And Balogun was probably thinking, well, maybe I could be the, the Europa League striker after I come back from loan. Or I can get, because at that point, he, you know, he was getting, you know, he got a couple of goals in the Europa League. The, yeah. I don't know if that was the season before, but um, so. But the, to go back to Eddie, um, if you think Eddie is signing a new contract and we get, we're giving him a new contract on the basis that he is a second striker, because I, I think we probably both agree that he's not going to be our number one striker next season, right? Like if, no. if he is, then something probably has gone very wrong. Something's but gone very wrong, yeah. um, if you say he's the number two striker, where he's going to play all the Europa League games, he's going to start all the cup games. Then the question is, well, who's the number three striker? And then you say, Well, is that gonna be Balogun? Because it's very unlikely that if we're gonna sign a number three striker that is gonna be kind of that we're gonna spend money on someone who's, you know, a third choice striker. Mm -hmm. So and then that also raises a question, well, if Eddie is your number two striker, what kind of striker do you get as your number one? And who is that striker? That, that's a big
0: question. just to, to just something to add, I think that when you're in four competitions, there's actually every chance that your first and second striker play a very similar amount of minutes over four competitions. I, I agree yeah so I think that he I think for Eddie that will be playing a part in his mind where I think Arteta, I think even if Arteta wasn't explicitly saying this I think it's so obvious that we are going to try and sign a striker to be a you know our number one striker mm-hmm. and I think that would have been really transparent to him but they would have said listen mate like we we need a second striker and a second striker will play lots of games may still play lots of Premier League games or get lots of Premier League minutes we you don't know how the season's going to pan out and you don't know injuries you don't know whatever but the fact is is, when you're in four competitions your second striker will play a lot of games um, so so, so by that also I think that Balogun if he is your third choice striker he, Balogun still will get minutes I still think mm-hmm. Balogun a third, or whoever the third choice striker is, is, is will get minutes um, even if you go out early in the League Cup or FA Cup I still think that they'll get minutes I, I actually have a so okay maybe we'll just stick on Eddie for a second I think for for me, a bit of a, not not concern, is that who would be, is there a a potential that we may actually sign two strikers still? Because of numbers, sheer numbers still, the numbers still don't add up. Because we were okay this season. This season, we went in at the beginning with Oba, Lacker and Eddie playing three competitions mm-hmm. right so now even if you if you take if you if you take Balogun in and you're losing Ober and Laka and now you've got one more competition then theory still you need to you need two strikers in in theory
1: yeah, yeah I, I agree I I want us to sign I want Eddie to be our third choice striker next season who plays you know the league cup games he plays the the Europa League games. Yeah, I've said this for a while. That Eddie's a perfect Europa League group stage striker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be a lot of minutes for a lot of players next season, and we need to get better at rotating. We, you know, I think Saka played pretty much every minute of every league game, or yeah, he almost every, every played every started, he started every league yeah. game, or, 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 right? Or, 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 um, no, well, he played. So part, I think he right? played a part in every game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that is not sustainable, right? That and not only that, we've got a, a November World Cup to come into the mix of next season as well, where who knows what players are going to come back feeling and what the situation with fitness. It's a good point. That's very under. Um, so, you know, I can see a situation where we could probably like, there's going to be, I was, you know, I was looking at the schedule and I think by November 20th or something, we'd have played like 16 league games and the Europa League group stages will be done as well. Like there's going to be a lot of games in that first chunk of the season. Um, and all it takes is one injury up front and then all of a sudden we're stretched thin again. And I think I really want us to get out of this situation where, you know, I think all of this season that's just gone, we were we knew that one injury to any of our first 11 and we would drop a level considerably. Yeah. Um, and I want us to be out of that situation. I want us to say, well, actually, OK, well, whoever we sign first, right, like our first twist striker, if he's injured we can have a second choice and, and we're caught cool with that. Like we can rotate and we're not dropping our level just by the fact that one player is out. And I think if we if we are starting Eddie in league games, we're, we're going to be dropping a level. We're going to be lot, you know, last season's level. And I want us to be a level above that. Now, so yeah, I think if we have a, a new striker, whoever that is, plus Eddie, plus Balogun, I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's good enough. I don't think that's enough numbers um What I think we need is two strikers. Now you can argue whether that striker could be a player that can play across the front three, for example. um But we need two bodies. We need a Lacazette replacement. We need a new. We need a Bamian replacement. And we we go with Eddie plus Balogun. I think that's that's what we should be aiming for. I agree. I
0: I'm not as put off by the idea of Eddie playing Premier League games. I think. Um, but I am in complete agreement, which I I think it's just we need to get out of this fragility of, you know, one player being out and, and everything's screwed. And if we sign one striker, if we sign one striker and something happens to that striker, yeah, man, like it's, we, we, you know,
1: it, we'll just be making excuses for the season. Or Yeah, or even if Eddie gets injured next season, if Eddie yeah. misses games, are we going to play that one striker in the Europa League? Or like, are we going to yeah, be well, running if, with Balogun it, in the exactly, Europa League? Exactly, exactly. Then- totally. it's i can see a situation where we sign two attacking players i think what we'll probably do is we'll sign a a lacazette if you talk about squad like we'll sign a lacazette replacement we'll probably sign a pepe replacement if pepe goes um and that wide player will hopefully be able to you know, maybe rotate and play up front if needed, or we can just modify the system where we can rely on them more for goals. But don't which we case-
0: need that as well? Don't we need that? Because if we're saying that we, you know, it's not just, you know, we have people like Saka who, who was overplayed. We had, you know, other players who, who played a lot of minutes. Odegaard, you know, played ch- shed loads of minutes. Uh, we're obviously going to need to go in the market and get some backups for those players. Now, mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying before, I think what was really frustrating mm-hmm. is the one position where we had backup, Was right wing Pepe Fosaka, and Pepe had just done such a clearly poor job in training, poor job, like impact, you know, just just showing anything that Arteta couldn't trust him. I think I think Arteta probably wanted to trust him. He trusted him surely at the end of last season. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's not go down that rabbit hole for a second. But the point is, if 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 Pepe goes, we're surely going to have to sign another player to be that right wing kind of backup. And yeah, maybe some versatility will help that they can play up front. But I still think we need another. For, for, you know, two forwards on top of that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I think in an ideal world, yeah. I think the reality is they will probably have to make do with that second new striker being someone like a like a Martinelli type who, at a push, can play up front. Um, well, this Marquinhos
0: guy who apparently we're, we're you know the oh, next yeah, the new got, Martinelli. Yeah.
1: If um yeah, if Wolves don't come in tribunal, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and tribunal us,
0: yeah, we get a chance. Um, can
1: you imagine? That would be hilarious no let's no, not joke about that um, no I I think yeah you're right in an ideal world we would have two strike would have we'd have four strikers with you know one of them being Balogun one of them being Eddie and then two more but I don't think the reality is I don't think we will get that second striker because then you yeah you're right there are a lot of games but you can see players becoming unhappy and Arteta just hasn't really figured out yet how to rotate a squad. And I think that's going to be almost like going to the other extreme. I think we'll, we'll gradually get there. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll probably have to make do and the other question is if we do have four strikers, is Balogun going to be happy, you know, being on the bench and getting, you know, coming off for of Europa League games, you know, continuing in the role that he had a couple of years ago where he got scraps. I think Balogun probably will come back and think, well, I've just signed this new contract. I'm expecting to work my way into the squad. Well, let's look at so, it another angle. Well, is it even
0: best for Balogun for him to be that? Because in, 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 he's, he's gone on loan and he... I mean, he hasn't he hasn't smashed it up. He's not coming no. back with like Hachellogo. So, does he need to go on loan again? Where he's playing regularly, will you know? Should someone else be our our fourth our fourth choice striker? Another a, a, a you know, there's Marcelo Flores who you know apparently people are raving about as well. Should he he be fourth choice? Should Balogun get go
1: somewhere to get minutes? Yeah, I think that's probably actually quite sensible. I think well, actually, that fourth choice striker. If we do have Eddie plus two more that fourth choice striker is going to be the player that kind of comes in and out from the academy, like sits on the bench for Europa League games, maybe gets 30 minutes or like some of those, if we've already qualified, might get a start or, you know, helping us chase a game, we can bring him on to just get, you know, keep in mind, we'll also have five subs in the Premier League next season. So hopefully Uh, players can get a few more minutes as well. Good Um, Good point. So, yeah, I think actually, if we're talking that fourth choice, then whether it's Balogun, whether it's Flores, whether I don't know too many of the other academy strikers. There's Mika Bureth. They're probably, yeah, they're probably all quite interchangeable at that level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. So if we, if,
0: let's look at that. Uh, assume Assume it's one centre forward. Yeah, assume it's one centre forward that we go out and buy just for a second we can talk about if we signed a second one in a second who, who's what's the key profile for you because yeah we've been linked with um gabriel jesus probably yeah. the most uh, he's probably the most concrete link because it sounds like there are people in his camp that are sort of coming out there and saying yeah you know we're talking to arsenal and there's like lots of media who are saying arsenal front runners there's some in my opinion crazy figures being thrown out given it he's got one year left on his deal and there's a it's all quoting 50 60 million euros or something crazy like that that's got to be batshit crazy there's no no chance anyone should be doing that for one year on their contract but but figures aside if if he's if he's the guy is he the sort of profile of striker that you think we should be bringing in
1: or is it a different profile that you would be into well i think the question is who else right so if we are assuming is this striker and eddie and Balogun who we go with then I think it's a massive risk going all in on Gabriel Jesus as the as the striker. Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately what we want is someone who can get, like we want an Abamiang level striker of someone who can come in and be like, that is our striker who is going to get us 20 goals a season. Right? And I know these strikers are very hard to find, right? If If they were everywhere, we would have probably done this a long time ago. But... You know, I think Gabriel Jesus has a lot of good qualities. I think the fact that he's super versatile, he can play Mm -hmm. anywhere. Tactically, he's there. He works hard. He presses. I think he has a lot of qualities that Arteta likes. Yes. The big worry there is, will he be able to reliably and consistently deliver goals? And if you look at his statistics, he hasn't ever really hit that level yet. And he could. He could, and he could come good. And if we play him in thirty-eight games, there's every chance that he could get twenty goals. But it's a massive risk, especially when your plan B is Eddie, who's also a risk, and your plan C is Balogun, who's a risk. There's a just we're just taking gamble upon gamble upon gamble. And I just mm. felt like the vlahovic type profile. And there's arguments against him, like he's gone to Juve and he hasn't really done well yet. Mm-hmm. There's every argument that he might never get twenty goals a season. But I just felt that type of bully in the box has just a much bigger chance of exploding mm-hmm. and, you know, dominating. And I don't see Jesus doing that. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Cause if we get him, you know, you know, I think the question is then like, is a profile and is a front too. And I'm, I'll, I'll ask you this. If we sign Jesus, we had yeah. Jesus, Eddie and Balogun as our three strikers. Yeah. And we, we did other things in the midfield and wherever, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Would you be like, okay, that's our striker situation resolved?
0: No, I think the main concern for me would be profile actually, because I quite simple on simple terms. I think that Jesus improves Arsenal. I think he's, he's, he's a very good player. Yeah. He's a champions league footballer. Like he's a, you know, man, valuable squad player for Man City. Um, I agree with a lot of what you've said, right? Like, I think there was early on in his career at Man City that he was getting quite a lot of goals, and and now even though his numbers look okay this season, bearing in mind he scored four in one game, so it's not been that consistent. Um, it, my main issue, actually, if we were just going to sign him, so that scenario that you described, is for me he's he's basically a better version of Eddie. Um, he's a very similar profile in in some ways, right? Like uh, he's he's not a physical presence. He's got really good movement. He's got really good mm-hmm. movement, and he's very good at pressing. And 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 as Pep, you know, I think Pep Guardiola said he he thinks he's the best pressing forward in the world. And the Brazil manager said the same thing. So he's he's clearly yeah. an elite presser that Arteta clearly likes him. He's got lots of Premier League experience. He's 25 years old. Th- th- there's no reason to suggest that you you know if you start kind of like you alluded to, if you start Gabriel Jesus every game, th- there is a decent chance he gets you good numbers. My my concern is he doesn't. Give us any different dimension necessarily than mm-hmm. that, that, that we haven't had, and I think the thing that we have definitely lacked is this dominating centre forward—a kind of uh, yeah. someone who can bully defenders. Hayes won't bully defenders. He's, he's gonna—he's gonna really piss off defenders. He'll get in really yeah, good positions. Them. He'll yeah. confuse them exactly. Yeah. As I said, I think he's a better. I, th- I do just think he's a better version of Eddie, uh, but I—I I think we've struggled sometimes this season where we've just not had a kind of plan B centre forward type, someone who, yeah, you can just plug some balls in, some high balls into the far post, get someone to just kind of beat some people up a bit and and just be a real, real uh, problem.
1: And I think actually, you know, when I go back to, I said, okay, well, if we have four strikers and that second striker is a striker, you can kind of play across the wing mm-hmm. and play up front. Jesus is, yeah, fits that role quite well. I agree with that. But actually, sorry. God. No, I think you can play Jesus up front if you need to, but actually, you can also play him as a wide player in a slightly different system than what we play now. But you could accommodate someone like him, and I think he will fit most systems and he will make it work. And then if we then had another type of striker, a plan A, that that was a bit different, that would be ideal. So if we if we went to, uh next season with you know big striker yeah. Jesus eddie and Balogun, i would be delighted Um, i I would be delighted too but i can't
0: i just can't see it happening because then he's basically just being for us what he is at man city
1: but i I agree yeah i agree but I'm, i'm also like actually in at the top level how many players consistently start every game like you look at, yeah, you look at that. what Liverpool do now. They've got, I know they've probably done some forward planning, but they've got Mane, they've got Salah, they've got Jota, they've got Diaz. All of those would start 30, 40 games at a mid level Premier League club, but they're at that top level. And I know we're not at that level yet, but they're there because they start every game. You look at Man City, and again, I'm not comparing us, but they they rotate. They they play players for certain games. They play players without in other games. They give them rest in random Premier League games. Chelsea do that to a certain extent sometimes with Havertz, and sometimes Lukaku comes in against weaker Premier League teams because he can get a job, you know, get a goal and do a job there. There are going to be times. When a lot of the reasons we kind of we did badly this season were because we didn't rotate well. Because we didn't really have the ability to. Arteta didn't trust his substitutes. But the reason he didn't trust the substitutes because they didn't have minutes to deliver. So it was like a uh, kind of like a catch-22. So I think if he has a squad, especially, like I said, with five substitutes that he can give minutes to, a good manager finds a way to keep these players happy. Um, and then, like I said, there's a, a number two striker plays 20 games. Um, yeah,
0: but I think that if you're bringing someone in externally and you're convincing them to say okay, look, you know, we're, we're playing four competitions. You're going to get loads of minutes. You might not start all the games, etc., etc. et cetera. I think that when you're, when you're fourth, when your European competition is Champions League, it's kind of easier to convince people, I that's think. True. Yeah, you're right. So it's, it's, it's just with Jesus. I think that it's just the problem with him is that's what he has now. And if... I can only imagine that the only way that we're going to convince him to come to us is if Arteta is saying, you know, I want you to predominantly play center forward and, and be my kind of main striker. Yeah. Yeah. We, we'll rotate like other teams have to rotate, but ultimately I kind of, I, I I want you to do that. And therefore I can't see us signing him and another like, and and like an out and out kind of target man type center forward. I can't see that happening just because it would mean that Jesus may um May not be our kind of number one,
1: number nine, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, think but that, I want yeah, it, but yeah. I want it, but I agree with yeah, you. Exactly. That, I think an ambitious club, yeah, a, a real, like, if we were really going for it to say we're not just you know, we want to be part of the top four for the next five years consistently, mm-hmm. they probably go out and do that. But the problem is, like, also, we're, we're probably going to have to make Eddie promises as well. So. Not only do you have to keep two strikers happy, two new strikers happy, you've got to keep the third one that you've just given a new contract to, and Balogun, who you've given a contract to last year. Um, And this is a manager who, as I've seen, isn't the best at rotating and finding that balance between bringing players in and out of the squad. Mm. So, like, my gut feel is that I think we will probably end up with a, I don't want to say, I think we'll end up with a compromised striker in whoever we sign they will there will be something about them that fans will find a, a reason to moan about so be that experience be that age be that goals be that technical ability they will fall short they, I mean like ultimately that's that's probably normal like you any player they're not perfect but we're not going to get this one size fits all striker that solves all of our problems all of the time no. Um, and I think that's probably why me and you are saying, actually, let's get two, because we like what Xhaziz can give us because he's a good player. But then let's also address the gaps that he brings in not maybe getting goals consistently by getting that bully of a striker in. But yeah, you're right. I don't think... yeah I don't, I don't think we'll do it. I think we'll get one plus Eddie. But what if we...
0: Because a plausible thing is that you sign you do sign gabriel Jesus as your kind of number one striker if you like and he's the guy he's plan a and you sign a plan b striker who is a target man who doesn't actually cost as much like it isn't so i'm thinking about as opposed to a uh, as opposed to a tammy abraham who or, or or victor semien who would seem to cost in excess of 50 60 million those kind of numbers can you see us going in for someone like an ivan tony For, you know, let's just
1: say, I don't know how much, but let's just call it 30 million, maybe. I think, yeah, I don't think it'll be someone like Ivan Tony, but I can see us maybe signing the next Ivan Tony. Okay. Like, if we can find a player who's in his, you know, 23, 24, at a a smaller club, who's willing to come and say, actually, I'm fine, I don't expect to be the number one striker in your your North London derbies and your big games, but actually, I want to come off the bench in games and I want to start cup games and I want to start when you want to rest your first choice striker or you want to try something different. I think there are probably, there must be strikers out there who can do that. Um yeah. And we are a big enough club to be attracting those strikers. Yeah. Strikers in Syria, strikers in the Liga who can come in the, yeah. Like the, the, if we can get to a like the Lucas, the Lucas Perez types, the Jerus. Yeah. yeah. Like these strikers who come in and can do a job and will be happy if they're not the man, mm. that that yeah, that would be ideal. That would be a, a yeah. You were obviously gambling on them coming good, but I can accept that if we've got a proven winner in Gabriel Jesus or that type up front already.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair. Um, so so you know, Gabriel Jesus is
0: yeah, he, fine. He's the one that we're we're massively linked with or whatever. But let's just say if you could have one centre forward, right? If there's one person out there that you think is that let's just say if we're willing to spend the kind of money that we were on Blavic, so let's just call that i don't know let's just say we're willing to spend 70 million quid on a center forward yeah which
1: center forward would you have so that it sounds i, I was really excited about Blavic. like i really want i think he was like a i mean i'm not a, a scout or anything but the bits i saw of him on youtube when it looked like he was coming yeah he really excited me mm-hmm. um so honestly, I'd say just go and give Juventus seventy million and buy Blavic. But, um, <laughs> but um surely not. Surely, yeah. surely they're gonna give him some time. No, no, I know they will, unfortunately. Um I don't know. There's a couple, I, I really like Tony. Um I you know, he didn't have the best season this season, but Calvert Lewin is also someone that excited me. I know and also like the Tammy Abraham type, you know, I was never convinced with him. I think, yeah, you know, we have a famous debate with him. It's a shame my isn't here, but mm-hmm. I was never convinced by him. But he's shown that again. You give a player time and games that they can come good. Mm-hmm. Whether they can step up from Syria is a is a question. But he has got Premier League experience, so I'm open to who we sign. I just want them to score goals.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Like you sort of o- opened up with, right. When we started talking about this strikers, is is, is exciting and we've not had a, a window in a while where it's been the striker window. That's, that's not, that's yeah. not been that. So this is kind of fun because in the Wenger years, every summer was a striker window, right? It was just, we'd sign, we'd sign <laughs> yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. So, so look, uh, that, that, that is enjoyable. So, you know, I, it's, it's one of these things that we could probably talk about this for, for, for ages because there's not w- what we do know is that we need numbers we we know that we, we know that we know we need one one will definitely come right we know that even if, even if we sign only one we're going to need an alternative in some way whether it's a wide player who can come in and, and, and do it but but really that those options are just going to be endless you know who knows what's going on in Arteta's head so time will tell and hey man
1: like what if eddie declines his contract and then yeah i was you know, just about to say like there's no guarantee he signs and then we need two maybe maybe three i don't know yeah i yeah.
0: mean for me it's inconceivable that we would go sign three center forwards in a window um but it could be if eddie doesn't stay then we sign sort about of like, you know maybe just spend a little bit more money on two and then you know you've got balligan and someone else and maybe we try and hope martinelli can can play centre. center forward. i don't know but it's a lot of hypotheticals, but I think, you know, I think th- there's things that we agree on. I think we both agree on that, that Eddie staying is a, if Eddie does stay, that's a good thing. Lack of going is a good thing. Um, and sort of depending on how everything else goes, then maybe Balogun going back on loan is is also a good thing. Um, it, it Look... It, this is that this is the area that needs to be addressed in the squad, right? If there's if there's yeah. one thing we address, then there are other things, by the way, that we definitely should address. I think we agree on and we will talk about that another day. But this is it, you know, and I, I just what I'll, I guess I'll just finish up on is how would you, would you rather, would you rather we went and got someone in in the next few weeks, let's just say it's a Gabriel Jesus, we get Gabriel Jesus in a few weeks, or do you think, if there's any chance that we think that we might be able to get someone who we think is even better but we're going to need to long it out and get them in the last week or on deadline day what would you
1: rather do i think this season i think we need to get our business done early yeah um because actually i was thinking about it when i am when I made that comment earlier about the season, I don't know what how it looks with the deadline. I assume the deadline's on the 1st of September, but with the season starting even earlier and the amount of games that they're going to try and cram in, you know, if we wait till the last day, that could be game six or seven Mm. um, of the Premier League. Um, And that means we, depending on where we're going to be running with Eddie and Ketia up front for five Premier League games. Um, That doesn't seem right and then we're going to give them time to settle in so that's probably you know if you get to september this year there's not many international breaks and start of the next season um it could be game eight or nine in the league by the time this strike is up and running and we can't afford to throw away that many points by not being ready Mm -hmm. so this season of all seasons we absolutely have to be ready by game one to have 95 percent of our squad ready and I, I am I'm I'm worried because I don't I don't know if we we have the capability to do that.
0: Yeah, we've not historically done it that well, have we? I mean listen, if we if we end up making some deadline day sort of transfers like we did this season, getting Tommy Yasse on the final day, I won't really mind if stuff stuff like you know, if we if we pull out those kind of rabbits <laughs> out of hats. But but ultimately look, man, I'm I'm in total agreement that I think that this can't be a season where we have to write off the first few games of the season and then kind of go but it's okay because actually you know we signed better players and we were better afterwards no like this can't be the that's that type of season this needs to be a season where you know we we don't we're not regretting the first few games yeah with the
1: with the first 11 like we should know a week before in an ideal world the week three four days before the season starts this is our best 11 right if we're still doing business for the for the backup central midfielder or a a second choice right winger or a second choice right back that's or left okay. back or whatever. That's, okay. that's cool. We can, yeah. we can deal with that. Yeah. Um, One change here and there where we find a similar player and they work their way into the team. That's fine. But we have known for a long time that we have had a gap here mm. and we have had pretty much all season to plan for this, this one or two, these one or two strikers, right? Um, Like we just need to get on with it and get it done. Get it done exactly, just like this podcast tonight.
0: We are done. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Listen, Aaronin, thank you very much. Let's fingers crossed, let's cross our fingers rather that uh, this works. This new Riverside recording. Um, so well done, everyone. If you, if you do hear this, you share your positivity and support has just kind of made us pay, persevere to try, and try out new software and try and take <laughs> us to the next level right this is all all thank you guys so um look guys uh, everyone thank you for joining us we know that it's off season and so you might want breaks from arsenal but uh, we did entertain the same thing and we we may not record as often in the summer but we are we, we certainly will drop some some at least so um maybe the next episode we we jump into midfielders defenders goalkeepers um and i'm sure there'll be more to talk about just by virtue of them well, midfielders, defenders, anyway, having a uh, more players to talk about. I was thinking about this before the, the pod, Aaron, and I was thinking, geez, like actually, God, we're gonna have to review some 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 players who, you know is lucas terreira is does Ainsley maitland niles are there players that we need to talk about because you know they haven't sealed deals uh other clubs yet so there's lot there's still lots to talk about but anyway uh, for another day thanks everyone for joining please like share subscribe all those really fun things um we really appreciate it it really helps us gauge uh, you know how, how how people are receiving the pod um so please do please uh, please, please do if you can Aaron and thanks for joining us. Enjoy everyone also if you're in the UK enjoy your long your long weekend, your long 4-day weekend. Um we certainly are. Cool. All right, good night everyone. Good night Aaron. Bye bye.